Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. England versus India. The Cricket Badger Test Match Daily Podcast. Can Joe Root's England dominate on home soil? Five mouth-watering test matches. Can Virat Kohli's India conquer the final frontier? Loving to talk test cricket every day. Hello again everybody, it's James the Cricket Badger and this is the Cricket Badger podcast, the England against India Test Match Dailies as we go through the five Test Match series this English summer and well we've seen the first Test Match, we're going to have a little bit of a look back and we're going to look ahead to the second Test Match in this edition, off tomorrow so don't tune in tomorrow and then we're back on Wednesday to have a look ahead properly to the second Test Match and really get our teeth into that as we go through that every single day. I'm joined today by Neil Varani, Naman Shah and Rito Maitre, very much an Indian heavy podcast today so we'll probably talk more about India than we talk about England but hello gentlemen, let's start with Neil. Looking back, obviously had the chance to sleep on it and think about that first Test Match now. Your Kind of overriding thoughts in terms of who comes out of that better? Uh, opportunity missed for India, um, I think. Through little fault of their own, um, the weather and the partnership between Sibley and uh, and Joe Root, especially in uh, the first session yesterday, I think if we could have got one more wicket in, uh, in that first session, then I think a couple more would have fallen in short succession. There wouldn't have been the same level of lead. We'd have uh, been into bat earlier with a small target. Could have possibly chased it down. In the end, uh, the weather played uh, played fair on day four. We could have chased it down and finished it that day. But I think Root scored runs um, almost at will. His strike rate was, was wonderful. Um, and Sibley, while not scoring, um, stayed in. And we'll, we'll provided come, that we'll, solidity. We'll come back to Dom Sibley because I know you want to talk a little bit about Dom Sibley. Um, but Rito, that chase um, that India have obviously um, abandoned on day five. I thought that was really interestingly poised. I don't disagree with Neil. I think probably India were noses ahead in terms of the match situation. But England had a chance, didn't they? You know, everybody's kind of, I've seen a lot of people saying England got out of jail. England with Jimmy Anderson... Um, Ollie Robinson and Stuart Broad firing on day five if the conditions had been useful. That might have been a problematic chase for India. 
Yeah, I do agree with Neil that probably India were favourites to win the game, 60-40. But still, 150 uh, with nine wickets in hand on a day five pitch is always going to be tricky. And India's highest chase in England is, what, 180 or something like that. So they haven't reached into 200 figures in a fourth innings chase in England. So it was never going to be tricky with that middle order, which is not in form of India's as well, much like England. So... Not as straightforward as many pundits thought. Now, ma'am, a couple of quick wickets for Jimmy Anderson on that fifth morning. And India were going to be struggling to survive, weren't they? Uh, absolutely, James. And to be honest, even 120 is a difficult score on the fifth day, fifth wicket. Uh, no matter which ground it is, uh, always the fourth batting uh, team is in uh, much danger because the pitch is weird out and that chasing mindset on the fifth day is always uh, coming. The player's mindset. So it's always tricky. Uh, uh, no matter even broad, Oli Robinson, everyone could have uh, made it uh, uh, look uh, very dangerous. Uh, but overall, I felt every time also you cannot expect the Indian bowlers also because England betting is also nice and they played well uh, especially root and small partnerships uh, between Karan and uh, Bestow and everyone chipped in so it's not always possible for to make the opposition all out under 200 uh, they played well so overall it was a good battle uh, England also played well and it was a good uh, head-to-head on fourth and uh, See, if, as an Indian, I could easily say that it would have been easier chase looking at 50 for one. But any day, any team on fifth day, I uh, maybe 50 or 100 runs from there, uh, it would have been easier. But 200 is a very good score, which England had uh, put on. So, uh, not only Enders and any bowler could have been very dangerous. So, overall, I feel, yes, advantage India, but England also played well. So, it was a good end to uh, first test overall. Good to see a few England batters also getting uh, scores. It ends up being almost like the appetizer, doesn't it, for the, the rest of the, uh, the four test matches to come? And Neil, I mean, the frustration for me coming out of day five or not coming out of day five, coming out of day four and not ever getting a day five was that it could have been an absolute cracker. And we'll, we'll never know, will we? Because that, I mean, it could have been a walk in the park for India, it could have been a heap of wickets for England, or it could have been one of those absolutely nail biting sessions where India put on a few, then lost a couple of wickets, put on a few more, crept ever closer, and it could have been on a knife edge all the way through the day, but we'll never know. Yeah, it, it feels a bit unresolved, doesn't it? Um, and slightly unsatisfying due to how well the game had built up at that point. I think India would have made it, and I think they would have made it maybe four or five wickets down. It's certainly been interesting if it had got down to the tail because they're not good batters at all, but they no longer seem to have the fear. I mean, Chammy's always been just a loose cannon um, for as long as I've seen him. But Bumra uh, doesn't seem to be scared anymore. He'll go down uh, firing. He's got a few runs now, isn't he, old Jasper? Well, ever since, um, I think it was the warm-up game before the first test in Australia, where... He came out and hit 50 off something like 46 and and concussed Cameron Green, which was very, very strange to read and uh, and then see. Um, and Siraj is he's a guy who's uh, slog happy as well. We saw when you, Ashwin... You, you, you wouldn't want um, Mohamed Siraj batting for your life, would you? I mean, that, that kind of pub question well, about who would you want batting for your life? And you'd probably pick a Kane Williamson or something like that. Siraj <laughs> would be a long way down that list, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Although you know, when Ashwin calmed him down in, in Chennai, he was able to hold up an end to get Ashwin to his century quite well before he started unfurling the big hits, which were going 360 without him actually meaning it. An unconscious yeah, AB. 
they're not scared anymore. Um, and Ishant, for uh, all his skills in holding up an end, doesn't really play a shot in anger, apart from when he goes for a sweep, which is the most bizarre thing in the world. It's like trying to watch a giraffe eat grass off the ground. Um, all, all parts seem to move separately and uh, he unfolds like uh, a transformer. <laughs> but yeah, they'll have a go. I mean, I don't think anyone could have uh, foreseen what happened when Jadeja got out and then they added another 60 runs. Which could, uh, which could have been very, very important, those runs, if we'd actually had the, the matches unfurled. Those uh, tail end runs for Indy could have been really important. I mean, there aren't, there aren't many bona fide tail enders in the uh, in the world of cricket these days everybody can do something not necessarily prettily but they can do something let's let's just go around uh, the, the group um, on that batting for your life question if you could pick a player out of either squad England or India and they were to bat for your life they had to kind of bat out a day for you to still exist tomorrow who would you pick? It's got to be Joe Root, Rito, hasn't it? It's got to be Joe Root. It must be Joe Root, given the kind of form he is in right now. But I would also pick Dom Sibley, James. That man might not score a lot, but he hangs in there and he does a job for the team. At the moment when other other batters are not playing a lot of balls, he, he just launches that new ball and allows the kinds of Root and Bears to still hit those glorious shots. I keep forgetting, Rita, you're actually an England fan, aren't you? You're, you're supporting England during this series, despite your geographical location. Now, man, it's got to be Joe Root, hasn't it? I'll go for a Kohli. Yes, he's not in form, but he loves challenges. So I'll back Indian captain for such kind of uh, challenges. And uh, I know he would be thriving to do better over there. So yes, Joe Root, but uh, he is not much on the defensive end because he is scoring aggressively. Uh, you also score, saw this uh, century. Uh, he was aggressive. He was not just hanging out there. So yes, uh, also, Rito mentioned it correct, uh, Sibley, uh, but I truly want Kohli from my end. Virat Kohli would go out there gritting his teeth and trying to keep Naman alive. Neil, nobody's mentioned Chitishwar Pajari yet. Surely he'd be a candidate. That's where I, I'd go. I mean, we've seen what he did in uh, Sydney and then in Brisbane as well. Held up an end, didn't get out until there was some ridiculous ball from Cummins. Um, he did a an unbelievable double century against the Australians in Ranchi, uh, where I think he faced 600, 700 balls for his 200. I think that, that um, would keep you alive, Neil, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, people say Root and Coley, but they wouldn't bat out a day. They'd be going for the win. Things with Pajari, he'd, he'd take the blows as well, because he, he's not averse to taking a couple on the chest and then one on the wrist and then getting right behind the next one, is he? Oh, he apparently his... Uh, his body was like a, a patchwork quilt after uh, some of those knocks in Australia. He'd, he'd be the guy to dead bat everything rather than going for the win. Coley, we know whatever the target is, he's going to go for it. Uh, I think Root has a little bit of that mindset as well. But actually, Root is up there because, uh, as we saw against New Zealand, he is a very, very thirsty man and he needs a fresh pair of gloves every over. So... Uh, he, uh, he's very good at running down the clock that way. Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now down in this set. Oh, manscaped.com. 
maximum skin safe performance, compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof, and it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers, revivers, preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com. Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Get on there now. I mean, my, I was thinking this morning, actually, with, I mean, I've been thinking for a while, actually, what's the difference between these two sides? Who's the strongest? How, how is this series going to pan out? And I was thinking um, this morning that you look at Ing- India's side and I can confidently say that pretty much whatever 11 India put out, they are all test match class. They might not get runs or they might not take wickets, but they're test class and they've performed in the past and they've got a good record behind them. England, maybe not quite so much so. I think there's more doubt and more question marks if you go down the England lineup. You've got obviously Burns and Sibley at the top of the order. Joe Root's not got a question mark, but Zach Crawley's got a huge one next to him that he's carrying around. And without Ben Stokes in that middle order as well, the likes of Lawrence and potentially Pope in the second innings, Johnny Bairstow coming back into the team. There's a lot of people trying to prove a point and trying to prove their test class rather than actually necessarily being test class at the moment, Rita. Yeah, I do agree that India at the moment are a more rounded side. If you look at that Indian attack, they have got covered it for all bases. If it swings, there are a couple of swing bowlers and there are seamers as well and a spinner, a good world-class seamer, spinner rather. So there are a more rounded side at the moment, but England, there are question marks about Burns' form. He, although he has scored runs in county championship, James, as you would like, but he isn't scoring that in test match cricket. Whereas Sibley, he's just hanging in there, but not scoring the runs. I think Zach Colley has run out of form or luck over here. He, he was going to be dropped for the Lord's test. And Dan Lawrence, uh, Johnny Bester, those pretty 30s are not going to work in test match cricket. Going into Lords, I would say England will must pick a spinner for that test match, given the weather, the weather forecast. Yeah, they must, but whether they will or not, it's a different question, isn't it, Rita? Let's talk about Dom Sibley. And I'm Neil, you, you, before we press record, you were talking about Dom Sibley and saying that he, he maybe gets a bit of a fair rap and um, some of the others that may be a little bit more glamorous. Um, might uh, kind of get a little bit more rope. Whereas Dom Sibley, I, I think because Dom Sibley is quite dour and that's the way he bats and he's solid and he eats up the balls, but he doesn't do anything extravagantly exciting. He's the first one people pick on. I definitely agree with that, especially amongst the commentary team. And you know, I do wonder whether personal allegiances come into it when comparing him to Crawley, because... I mean, we've all got our favourites, haven't we? I mean, when we, if we were to pick, take, I mean, I'm going to ask us in a minute to pick a combined in, India-England team. Who, who would get in the strongest 11 of the two squads? And I'm sure in that discussion, there'll be people who have their favourites and want to see their favourites in there. While you're doing commentary, that's fair enough. But there seems to be some uh, certain twisting of um, the facts to... Uh, to prove a point when it comes to the reviewing afterwards and the reports at the end of the day. Zach Crawley hit a glorious 267 against a tiring and bubbled Pakistan attack on one of the flattest decks that we've seen in what has been a very team bowler friendly era. That Old Trafford deck where he hit his runs was an absolute road and he did... I asked yesterday whether whether it was the perfect storm that that Crawley innings where, as you say, he was fresh, the bowlers were tired, they were in a bubble. I mean, they're all in a bubble to be fair, but the, the pitch was decent. But 
you look either side of that innings from Zach Crawley, there's not a huge amount of other stuff to go on, is there? And I think Crawley, as Rito says, he's on borrowed time. But he got picked uh, also. He was a little bit of a, um, a left-field uh, brainstorm pick by, uh, by Ed Smith, um, much like picking uh, Joss and Adil Rashid on the back of their white ball form rather than any red ball form. I think sibling, uh, sorry, di- 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 difference in, if you, if you compare those three and I got a bit of a Yorkshire allegiance and got a very big soft spot for Adel Rashid, at least Adel Rashid has got a strong first class record behind him to fall back on. He may have played white ball cricket in the meantime, but they, he has got plenty of red ball experience where with Joss Butler, you can't say the same thing. And with Zach Crawley, it was a very moderate first class record he was picked on. It was an average of, what, around 30? I mean, Sibley's got a good 10 on top of that, batting at the toughest time to bat in England. And that, again, that Pakistan uh, innings has basically been the thing that he's lived off for close to a year now, having done very, very little since. And it's not even a case of coming in and generally getting a nice flashy 20 or 30 and then making... Uh, a mistake, apart from one innings in Ahmedabad, I think, where he got, where he opened, got 50-odd before the spinners came on. Yeah. Um, he is getting single-digit scores almost every time. He's looking very, very vulnerable. And there isn't really any uh, empirical evidence that he can uh, survive at this level. Sibley, on the other hand, while he seems very, very limited in his scoring areas, he is soaking up a lot of balls. Uh, the bowlers are getting very tired, which the later batsmen are able to cash in on. The importance of a batsman like a Pajara, like a Sibley, who, I mean, Pajara is not as pedestrian as quite as pedestrian as Sibley, but similar kind of players. That, that crease occupation, that ability to blunt the attack and to put more overs into the, the legs of the, the fast bowlers who, when they're fresh, can be more dangerous. Is overlooked as a quality, isn't he? And the only trouble with Sibley is if you score 20 off 150 balls, to be kind of exaggerate the, the situation, um, and then you're out, the scorecard still looks like you've done a Crawley or a Pope or a Lawrence, doesn't it? But the bowlers uh, have bowled those uh, 120, 130 balls at you. I think the last two tours that India had in Australia, and I always come back to these because they highlight against top quality opposition what um, batters can do. Pajara in those two tours faced, I think, 1,100 balls. Um, the first one that we won, uh, 2-1, and about 900. And by the end of the tour, the bowlers were broken. Um, they were absolutely wrecked. And especially um, if, like Australia, I mean, I know we I hate it personally talking about the Ashes when we have um, a test series, England versus one of the best teams in the world. But slightly looking forward there, Australia have a fallible batting lineup outside of Smith and at home, Warner and Labuschagne um, as well. If they're back in after 60 overs um, of Australia batting, they're just going to be wrecks at the end of it. Um, and that's what happened in Brisbane. This year, they kept the same attack and they, they were broken. The other thing, Neil, as well, is the, if you are starting to flag a little bit as a bowler, the one thing that's going to pep you up, if you suddenly take a couple of quick wickets, you're back in the game and all of a sudden you forget you've got tired legs, don't you? Because And that's what the likes of a Pope and a Crawley potentially can give the opposition attack is 
all of a sudden they gift their wicket and that bowler is suddenly firing again because he's back in the game. Rito, you wanted to come in. Yeah, one criticism of Sibley is that it's all right about soaking up the deliveries, but you still have to score. You win games by scoring more runs, but but not by soaking up deliveries. You draw games in that manner. So he is quite limited in that fashion. And one article that I saw that Michael Vaughan had posted this morning for the Telegraph is that he's saying that he simply has reached the ceiling. He must he must develop his game and then come back again. Otherwise, there is no future for him in this team. And another one player that England had similar to Sibley in the team was Joe Denley. Even he used to soak up a lot of deliveries, used to get those pretty 30s and 40s and got out. Would you drop Sibley then, Rita? Probably given the current state of things in this England team, I wouldn't. Because I'm not going to drop two of the top three in this England team. So what, what would be your top three for Lords? My would be Burn, Sibley, Hamid. Everybody's got an obsession with playing Hasib Hamid at number three when he's actually an opener. But what are the other options, James, for England? Uh, Hasib Hamid is in good form. You have to make sure that the players who are in the team, that they can score runs. He was in good form when he was, when he was first selected. He's been carrying drinks and doing other stuff since then, hasn't he? You are listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast. Now, man, let's come back to you. We haven't heard from you for a while. Um, I'm going to start talking now about um, India and any worries with India's 11. Obviously, they're going to be a little bit downhearted. It's only natural to have the ascendancy for much of the four days and then to not be able to see it through. But would you make any wholesale changes to the India 11? Is there any glaring worries for you in that side? To be honest, yes, worries are there. As I mentioned earlier also, if you look overall, all the test series which India has played and also the other teams, uh, one or two centuries over here and there, but overall it is the bowlers who are winning the matches for the team and also with the bat also. The lower order, you see Sundars and Shardul's and also in the WTC final, you saw how Jamison targeted the Indian bowlers. So those 60-80 runs are <clears throat> coming in favour of the team but overall uh, you want these top orders you are not seeing we are not able to see that complete test match where the top orders you are seeing 150s and 200s quite consistently and you are seeing 400 to 450 on on the board it is just 20s and 30s uh, uh, from the top orders and later on just logging of the lower order batsmen where uh, we are ending it up. So, I want the players like Karane, Pujara, it's time for them to step up because the competition level is so much that likes of Surya Kumar and Prithvi Shaw who are white ball uh, uh, like demolishers right now who have come over here to participate in the red ball cricket as well. So, maybe somewhere we are losing out of patience but one game for sure but that consistency is needed now. Uh, yes, they have had enough failures and likes of Kohli's and all are going to jump in uh, some day or the other but it's time to get that complete performance from the batsmen as well because every time you won't expect these bowlers not also from England uh, Broads and Anderson are going to fail to take pick wickets even Boomer's and also every time it's not going to 150 or 200 all out. You have to score that much run on the board and uh, give some level of cushion to the bowlers uh, to play devil's advocate a little bit, Naman, um, that pitch at Trent Bridge, the condition, I mean, it wasn't so much the pitch, it was the conditions, the overhead conditions, which I think sometimes Indian fans don't quite get. You know, when it's, they, they anticipate that it's probably a green seamer if there's loads of wickets tumbling, but all you need is some clouds and some humidity and all of a sudden the ball starts, um, starts uh, swinging, doesn't it? But were the conditions at Trent Bridge 
actually conducive to a 550 with players getting 150 and 200s and and all the rest of it. You have to bear bear the conditions in mind. It might actually be. I mean, I think Lords will probably be be a slightly different kettle of fish, and some of the grounds that come up later might be as well. But you can't expect huge averages from conditions like we saw in Nottingham. Yeah, I was speaking in general, yes, not on Trent Bridge, but Rahul survived over there. He made good 84 runs in the first innings. But overall, if you will see from Australia series as well, it was the uh, lower order from Pant, Sundar, even in India against England, India versus England series, you saw Ashwin scoring a ton, not the Pujaras and Kohli's coming into the, uh, joining the party. And also, it's time for the top order batsmen to jump in and score at least not maybe huge hundreds but these are the conditions where these batsmen love to be tested and likes of Roots and Williamson's and uh, Kohli's are here and they are huge fan of test crickets and if you want this kind of uh, uh, red ball cricket to survive you want this batsman to jump in and, and survive in this good uh, testing conditions and play against uh, likes of Anderson Broads and score at least not Maybe 150s or 200s in such cloudy and difficult conditions, but at least battle out those difficult conditions. Uh, because to be honest, as I mentioned, there are plenty of youngsters out there, even for England. You will, if we ask you to name maybe five or six, they are good county batsmen who are here to replace. So this is an opportunity going down and you won't get to see India versus England, India versus Australia, England, Australia every year, right? So uh, right now, red ball cricket is, Lot is expected from this batsman. Neil, we talked about earlier on about the difference between the two sides. One side maybe having established test players that are probably a little bit more proven than the the English players. Because even the likes of a Rory Burns, who's averaging 32 and has scored centuries, the jury's still very much out. And if we're happy to settle for an opener averaging 32, are we actually, as English um, supporters, actually settling for average rather than settling for something better than that. But England would kill for a problem of having a slightly out of form Chetishwa, Pajara, Virat Kohli and Ajinki Rahani, wouldn't they? I think most teams would, wouldn't they? Um, but I mean, Rory Burns gets a bad rap mainly because he just looks so ugly when he's, uh, when he's batting, but he has um, got a good track record behind him, a very good track record at county level. And even at the test level, um, he scored a, a glorious uh, century at Lords just earlier this year. I find Rory Burns a very difficult player to evaluate, to be honest, because he can score runs. I thought, I mean, people talk about his series against New Zealand where he got a century. That was one of the ugliest centuries I've ever seen. He really struggled all the way through that. And I think a lot of Rory Burns, if you actually think about a player as maybe 100% or you know 100 points or whatever, um, your Virat Kohli's and your Joe Roots have got exceptional talent that probably makes up 50% of it. Um, they've, they've got flair and, and determination and stamina and stuff, and that makes up your 100. Rory Burns is almost like 90% grit, determination and, and, and real fight, and then 10% quality, I would say, which maybe that, that might, might be a little bit dismissive of him. But I admire that in Rory Burns. He, he's a fighter. He learns. He tries to learn, and he tries to get better. But I just wonder if he's actually hit the hit the ceiling. Um, it's a it's a reasonable ceiling. Um, to be fair, to be scoring a um, a century every so often, and generally um, getting uh, consistent sort of thirties or or forties. People don't warm to him just because. Well, one his social media outputs has been questionable over the last year um, before he took himself away. Um, and uh, two, he looks 
horrible to watch. But then Shivnaran Chandapal looked absolutely dreadful to watch, but somehow managed to scratch out 11,000 test runs. It's, it's strange with Rory Burns. There's so many moving parts. The head moves, the neck moves, the shoulder then moves, and then he wriggles around, and then everything kind of everything looks kind of wrong, but he gets most of it right, doesn't he? You could have just described Steve Smith. Yeah. The, the only thing with that, I mean, a lot of people have said that to me on the podcast recently, that you know, when, when the question is, you know, do, do you have to have a proper technique to play test cricket? Or those sort of questions have been asked. A lot of people have fired back with, well, some of the most successful batsmen in world cricket are the Chanderpaws and the Smiths, but aren't they a rarity rather than a trend? You know, generally speaking, I mean, K.R. Rahul batted very nicely in that first innings. He's got a lovely technique. Generally speaking, oh, yeah. you're going to do better if you've got that kind of setup, aren't you? Or are the people who, uh, like Rory Burns, Steve Smith, Don Bradman, um, are they people who have succeeded by just being completely pig-headed when uh, coaches at a youth level have tried to retrain them? I mean, we saw what coaches tried to do to Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, God knows what coaches, um, English coaches would have done with the vast variety of Sri Lankan um, oh, totally. I mean, M- M- Malinga would never have got through the door, would he? I, I mean, I, I think there's a definite plus in being true to yourself. And I, I mean, if, if I'd ever had the anywhere near the ability to be up on that kind of level, I would like to think I would have stuck to my guns and tried to do it my way. Listen to other people and, and taken things on. But I think that there can't be anything worse, surely, than actually failing at whatever level you are after trying to adapt to what everybody else is telling you, rather than being, being true to what you actually believe is right. His technique is not a problem until it is regularly, um, until it's found out, like um, Gary Balance, who uh, we saw came in and absolutely steamrolled test cricket until um, his technique, basically the flaw in it, was found out by numerous bowlers and... Even uh, after he went away, um, I don't know how much he actually changed and came back. Um, it it still um, got found out. He was very stuck to his crease, wasn't he? And he was always a, an LB or uh, bold uh, uh, chance. So people just going very, very full all the time. Quite a similar um, foot movement, Gary Balance did Marcus Triscothic and he did okay. But uh, he, yeah, the... Just got the guy moved his feet at all, just put back to ball, didn't he? And he, you know, you, you look at his technique, so he, 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 they would be walking LBWs if you actually examine their technique, but they just somehow managed to get the middle of the bat on the ball most of the time. My name is Jacob, and I sent the badger a message, and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast, then tweet at cricket underscore badger. Um, let's finish off then with that combined 11. If we were going to pick, I mean, it's probably easiest to say, which England players, Rito, would get into the Indian 11, do you think, if uh, if all of the, both squads were at the coach's disposal? Root, Anderson, Broad, maybe. And then you would probably pick Josh Butler at his best. This four, I You're going to put Josh Butler in above Rishab Pant, Rito? I mean, fair enough. I'm, my allegiances are more with you than India, but I couldn't. I couldn't with any any kind of serious face put Rishabh Pant out the side for Joss Butler at the moment. 
Yeah, not for Rishabh Pant, but still somewhere in place of Ajinkya Rahane, probably you can put Josh Butler in at five. Richard, I, I, value, I valued your contributions on these podcasts until you just came up with that that answer. Well, I'll come back to you in a second, Rita, when you've calmed down and got yourself, got your head sorted out. Um, Naman, any Englishman get into that Indian eleven? Which ones would they be? Joe Root and Anderson, for sure. Uh, but I would love to see Sibley and Pujara bad together. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, you're, you're after the TV ratings, Naman, aren't you? You really are. Um, Neil, any Englishman get into that Indian eleven? Um, well, Roos and Jimmy, obviously. Uh, although I would put Roots at what I think would be his best position um, at five. I think he's been moved up due to lack of other options, but he is an absolute ideal person to have it uh, at number five. So you're bringing um, Roots in for Rahani, basically? Yeah. And I, I honestly think that Joe Roots, if he was batting at five for England, if he still had the... Um, uh, the Petersons and the Trots, um, uh, those sort of players around, would just be destroying attacks after they're already on their knees and he just runs them into the ground. Out the other bowlers, I think on form, um, for these conditions, Robinson um, would get in um, as well, assuming we're going with a, uh, a four-seamer um, lineup. Um, I think Robinson has been superb. He offers a point of difference in the same way that Ishant does with the bounce that he gets. Um, the other Indian bowlers are all quite skiddy. Um, so it's something a little bit different. But otherwise, you're poten- potentially there's a question mark between uh, either Rohit or Burns um, for these conditions. Um, just because I don't think I'm giving, you, I'm giving you the same face I gave Rito a few minutes ago. You're going to pick Rory Burns over Rohit Sharma. I think for English conditions, um, Rohit for me has not yet proven himself against the red ball, considering against white balls, the time uh, that he is generally quite vulnerable is the swinging ball. Um, and that uh, I thought he did very well in. Um, in the first innings, um, in reining himself in. But I want to see a couple more games where he doesn't just revert to, to type. You can't see a couple more games. We're picking the team now. Now, man, row it or Rory? Any day, Rohit. I must admit, I mean, Riso, even you, row it or Rory? Rory. Row it, Sharma is in, because he gets my vote as well. Are we going to be picking Kale Rahul then? Kale Rahul, who was the third choice opener for India at the start of this series, he's getting into the combined 11, is he? Not yet. Yeah, absolutely. I thought he was superb in that first game. Well, um, yes, the, yes, uh, yes from Neil. Um, yes from Rito. Who was, well, Naman said not yet. Who who gets in instead? Yes, yes, not yet. Who, um, gets, who gets in instead of uh, Kale? I would still go with Sibley. Wow. So Sib, right, okay. Okay, okay. So, so far, we've got Rohit Sharma opening with either KL Rahul or Dom Sibley. We've got Pajara at number three. I don't think there's any any argument over that because Crawley's not going to oust Pajara, even an out-of-form Pajara. Coley at four, Root at five. I don't dis- I don't dislike that. Rishabh Pant comes in at six, um, a three-wicket-keeper batsman. Jadeja at seven, yeah? 100% for me. Yeah, definitely. So, we got th- we've picked three bowlers so far. So, we've got Anderson, Robinson... 
and Bumrah, because I've, I've put Bumrah in. I've put him in before we've even started talking about it. Um, who is the fourth bowler there, Rito? Well, so we have Bumrah, Anderson, Robinson, and I would probably pick Shami. He has You're... been very unlucky, unlucky, but he is lucky enough to get into our team. Any, any advance on Mohamed Shami, Neil or Naman? Um, I think off that game, Siraj. You, you'd prefer Siraj? Off, uh, off the last game, yeah. Really? I thought Shami outbowled Siraj all the way through. I know, but can you imagine the um, uh, the sledging to come out of Siraj, Anderson and Robinson all together in one team? Well, I don't think that's the reason to pick him, is it? Right, we're putting Mohamed Shami in. You're, you're, I'll tell you what, Rito and Neil as selectors are absolutely shocking. So there is our combined 11 then. We've got Rohit Sharma opening with KL Rahul stroke Dom Sibley, whoever's the fittest on the day, on the morning, gets the shirt there. I never thought I'd be writing Dom Sibley into a combined 11. Bajara, Coley, Root, Pants, Jadeja, Shami, Robinson, Bumra and Anderson. It's a pretty nice 11 in probably most conditions around the world. Let's finish off very quickly with something else that's been happening elsewhere on the planet. And uh, Rito, I know you were very excited when we first came on um, and started talking today before we press record. Australia have been rather humbled, haven't they? Yes, it has been a ridiculous series in Bangladesh. Really, how have they lost that series? Australia, not only they have lost, but they have lost pretty badly, James. In amongst all those mayhem, they have managed to win one game, and in that game, Dan Christian smashed Shakib Al-Hassan for five sixes in an over. You've been watching it as well, Neil. It's been delighting you too, I think. Oh, it's been glorious, hasn't it? The only thing that worries me is that it's taken, what, 15 years for Australia to make it to Bangladesh um, for a tour. And they're um, not, not going to go back for another 15 now, are they? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, wow. If, if humbling Australia doesn't get Bangladesh um, a tour uh, in Australia, then I don't think anything will. But it's just some of the quotes that we saw from Langer beforehand where they said, yeah, we're we're pretty much on par with England and India when it comes to T20. Um, the the other thing that's delighted me is Mitch Marsh, who um, on the test documentary on Amazon just came across as a really nice guy. Um, he's just been the one shining light for them um, across uh, both the Bangladesh series and the West Indies series um, as well. Oh, and... Stark actually playing T20 for once. I think he's played even less than Joe Root, um, just showing how how good he is and watching those Yorkers. Oh, he's a terrific, uh, terrific T20 player. Is uh, is uh, Mitchell Stark? Um, right, going to go around the um, around the room twice here. Going to finish the second Test match. Who wins it quickly? Rito. England, obviously. You're pick a spinner, go- England. You're going to go with England. If they pick a spinner, Naman, who wins the second test? India, for sure. At large, India won't leave England. Neil? India. And I see Ashwin coming in for the call. I'm going to go with a draw because the weather forecast is balmy. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be nothing like Trent Bridge. It could be another draw. We could be going all square to the third test match. Um, and the final question as we go around, I know we're not mentioning the Ashes in this series, but off the back of our little chat about Australia and their woes at the moment, who wins the Ashes, Rito? 
It's going to be postponed, isn't it, James? If it's not postponed. <laughs> you're always difficult, you, aren't you? Uh, I, I would still say Australia. They're a far good side in Australia. Naman, what about you? Yeah, I'll go with Australia as well because England is without Archer and hopefully they do not miss services of Stokes. So Australia for now. What about you, Neil? Australia, because I think England are going to have a very weak team out there after especially players with families um, don't get the special dispensation and have to drop out. And I don't think England have got the strength and depth in uh, in Red Bull. I don't think they will get the special dispensation for, for some. I mean, no. I don't think, and I don't think they should. You got people stranded around the world um, and and can't get back to Australia, and yet some overpaid cricketers come and um, are allowed to take their entire family, extended family with them. It doesn't make uh, doesn't make good reading, does it, if you're Australian and you've been undergoing all the various different things. They've been quite strict on COVID and, yeah, we'll see. We'll probably, as, as they said on the um, Sky Chat yesterday, probably see 11 single fellas out there representing England, but you know, regardless of uh, how old they are, it might be a completely different looking England side. Um, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me today, Neil, Rito and Naman. As always, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, all three of you. We are having tomorrow off, listeners. I'm going to basically put my feet up tomorrow and do nothing at all. And then we'll be coming back on Wednesday as we approach the uh, second test match starting on Thursday at Lords. A terrific series, two very good sides, particularly fairly level I would suggest in English conditions and it's going to be a joy to uh, take you through the next four test matches of this series I've been James the Cricket Badger and I will see you again on Wednesday thanks for listening join us after every day of this England versus India test series we will see you again tomorrow Podcast Network.